0: fundamental undersupply of rental stock is going to continue to support rents going forward. We saw some pretty significant growth in rents. So if you look at Manchester, we saw 22% annual growth.
1: Hello to all of our listeners and welcome to the Investment Insights podcast with Select Property. I'm Amber Fur, and I'm really excited to be kicking off the second season of the podcast with JLL's Director of Residential, Marcus Dixon. So welcome, Marcus.
0: Thanks, Amber. Thanks for having me.
1: So we've got a lot to discuss over the next 20 minutes. um, And just for those listening, we're going to be discussing the current UK property market. um, And we're going to be looking into JLL's recently published Big Six Residential Report, which looks at market activity, rental growth and house price growth across six cities in the UK outside of London. But before we get into that report, um, I just wanted to set the scene because the last three years post-pandemic haven't been typical, have they, of the UK property market. Um, So I'm going to start with a stat that Halifax recently published, and that is that over the last three years, house prices have risen by over 20% compared with just 7.8% over the three years previous. So can you start off by just talking about the key drivers for that steep house price growth post pandemic and also why u k cities have seen the lion's share of that growth
0: yeah of course i mean it's a it's a it's a big topic and one I'm talking about a lot at the moment but I think you know, firstly just rewind back to sort of april may 2020 if I was sitting here doing a similar podcast and told you that in three years time we'd be looking at prices 20% higher than they were then I don't think anyone would have believed me it's been (laughs) it's been a really sort of unusual market over the last three years Um, what we saw at the beginning was um, people leaving cities Um, the reasons why you live in a city you know all of the 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 theatres the bars the restaurants the you know the buzz the life um, and work importantly um, you know were no longer there, so actually we saw a lot of people moving out, um, and we saw growth in markets outside of sort of urban areas. Uh, But quite quickly, as as sort of lockdowns ended, we started to see people come back, um, and actually they wanted to live right in the heart of the city, and so we started to see house prices rise and rise quite significantly in certain markets. Across our big six, so we we, we look at, at six city markets across the UK outside London. Um, they started to grow at different rates, but we st- we we saw demand for those properties both on the rental side and the sales side um, start to increase uh, particularly as some of those restrictions started to lift and more recently as as students have started to return as well particularly students from overseas that demand has only increased so we've started to see more people wanting to come back to the city Um, that demand has really pushed um, prices both on the sales and and on the rental side and we're now starting to see that real buzz returning to a lot of our, our UK cities.
1: Okay, great. So I actually moved to Manchester City Centre in 2021. Um, Quite bad timing, really, and quite, you know, not the best time to be sort of paying city centre rent when, like you say, offices were closed, um, theatres, pubs, restaurants were closed. I think Manchester was actually in in lockdown for the longest of all UK cities. Um, But you're right, we've seen such a kind of return to city life and such a buzz about the city. So many amazing things that are opening everywhere at the moment, it seems, in Manchester. Okay, so let's talk more about this city centre renaissance. So the Big Six residential report compares market activity, rental growth and house price growth across six UK cities outside of London. So what UK cities are there?
0: So we look at uh, Bristol, Birmingham, manchester leeds edinburgh and glasgow so we compare what's happening uh, in the new homes market in in all of those six cities so essentially what we do is we we ask our local jll offices in those locations to value um the the price of a one two and three bedroom flat new build flat and prime new build flat within those cities at that particular point in time. So it gives us an idea of, of what's happening with values and particularly on the prime side, what's happening at that top end of the market in terms of, of, of price growth and what's happening to rents.
1: Okay, so in the most recent one then, which looked at all of those things in the year to December 2022, um, all six cities saw growth, didn't they, across um, house prices and rents. Now, is the key reason for that just this supply and demand imbalance in city centres due to this city centre renaissance that you talk about? And are there other key factors that are contributing to that particularly rental growth?
0: Yeah, I mean, I think that 2022 was... I guess a year of two halves in terms of, of looking at the market particularly on the sales side but but that had a knock-on effect to rents too and so if you look at sort of the first half of the year we we still had relatively low uh, interest rates so mortgage rates were lower uh we we still had schemes in place like help to buy uh which came to an end at the the end of of october so we were seeing particularly in the first half of the year pretty high levels of of growth in prices, um, a lot to do with the fact that we were seeing strong domestic demand alongside that sort of overseas investor demand that we continue to see. In the second half of the year, um, following things like the mini budget, we started to see the base base rate, uh, the Bank of England base rate rise, which had obviously a knock-on effect for interest rates. Um, And so what we saw, particularly in the second half, was Households who maybe would have considered moving over into owner occupation, so sort of first-time buyers who were maybe in rental properties in the city, moving across, but those um, tenants stayed as tenants rather than became buyers. So we saw this sort of level of demand continuing to increase in the second half of the year, um, against a you know a pretty static um, or and supply-constrained rental market. So we saw some. Pretty significant growth in rents. So, if you look at um, the two best performing cities, so um, Manchester and Birmingham, Manchester we saw twenty two percent annual growth uh, in rents for for you know good quality new city centre stock, um, and Birmingham around eighteen percent um, across all of our six rental growth are pretty strong, so just shy of sixteen percent. So, really strong growth um, in terms of prices. Not, not quite as not quite as strong, particularly you know some of the things we've discussed in the second half of the year. but you know even if we look at Manchester city centre um, we're looking at growth compared with pre-pandemic of around 20 percent. Um, about f- five or six percent of that came in 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 the last 12 months. So you know still some strong growth, but it's the rental market where we've really seen those um, those rents start to accelerate.
1: Okay. And despite the kind of news headlines about, you know, obviously rising inflation rates and the cost of living going up in the UK, we have seen in the report that there's actually higher demand for this prime new city centre stock, haven't we? Which is kind of defying those economic conditions in a way. And I know you mentioned the energy efficiency being a factor. Could you go more into that a little bit and also talk about the other factors why people would want this prime sort of city centre lifestyle?
0: Yeah, I mean, I think that obviously cost of living has, you know, has, has, has been sort of splashed across the headlines, um, what still is now, but certainly in the second half of last year. And you know, I think there are some real challenges in terms of the the rate of growth of things like food and energy. Um, and you know, part of the report, we we analysed um, EPC, so sort of, you know, the, the energy performance or how energy efficient particular properties are. And if you compare... Either new or, or pretty modern stock with 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 uh, with existing properties. It's those it's those homes that are far more energy efficient. Historically, when energy costs were lower, it didn't make quite so much of a difference. But now the the energy costs between a you know an A rated, which is the best best rated property, and a G, um, are really significant. We're talking you know in some cases hundreds of pounds a month um, okay. in terms of the difference in energy costs. So I think that the the demand for Good quality, efficient, well insulated modern properties is definitely increased, both on the sales side, but also on the on on, on the letting side too. Um, and obviously the, you know, these modern city centre apartments fit that really well. Um, so I think that's been that's been a you know one factor in terms of what's been driving people towards these properties. I think the other side of it is that um, we've seen a lot of relocation from places like London. To cities like Manchester and Birmingham, um, and those people moving up, um, they've got used to spending higher budgets outside of outside of Manchester and Birmingham. When they come here, they want um, you know, high quality, high amenity city centre living. Um, so these prime developments, you know, definitely tick those boxes. So they've got you know gyms, pools. Uh, communal shared areas for um, for, for residents within these blocks. So we've seen demand for those sort of properties really increase. Um, also, I think, you know, a lot of the things we're talking about here are about potentially tenants staying rent- in rented properties for longer. And I think the realization is actually, if I'm going to be in a rented property for, you know, for the next two, three, four, five years, I want to live somewhere that's really nice And actually, you know, I want the facilities, I want this to be modern and I want it to be in a location where I can walk out of my front door, meet my friends for a coffee. um, And, you know, all of these particularly new city centre developments really tick a lot of those boxes.
1: Absolutely. I know in JLL's Home is for Everything report that was sort of uh, published post pandemic to talk about the change in, in buyer and rental trends, there was a quote in there that mentioned um, a move to residents looking for cities with a village feel. And I think, you know, you mentioned Manchester and Birmingham. I think both these cities really offer that and that sense of community. And I particularly think post pandemic, we've seen a return to supporting smaller businesses um, rather than these sort of big chains. And I think. These cities just offer offer that so much, don't they? Have a real creative side as well. I think particularly in districts like the Northern Quarter, Ancoats in Manchester, um, kind of Digbeth in Birmingham. I think we're really seeing a preference and a move back towards these these uh, kind of pockets, really that offer a, a real community.
0: Definitely. I mean, I think that we, we we do quite a lot of work at JLL, sort of surveying our potential buyers and our tenants to kind of find out what they want. Um, the the results really what they say is people want to live in a nice place with a sense of community that's got some facilities on their doorstep but i think one of the real shifts that we've seen certainly sort of post uh, pandemic is that people are you know hybrid working is here to stay and 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 actually the trend for hybrid working which was you know already starting i think people were already starting to do you know a day or two from home um has really accelerated and probably we've moved forward 10 or 15 years in terms of that sort of hybrid working journey in the space of two or three years. Yeah. But what it means, I think, and, and something certainly when we're talking to to developers about what they should build, um, is it means that people are far more concerned about facilities and where they where they live, not just where they work. I mean, it used to be that if you were working in an office in the heart of a city five days a week, you would probably meet friends near the office for for dinner. You would um, maybe go out after work for drinks. And so a lot of that sort of socializing was done near your place of work. Um, Obviously a lot of people's places of work, certainly for part of the week, are now their home, their home office. And so actually having those facilities on your doorstep is is much more important. And actually tenants um, and buyers are, are willing to pay a premium to live in that sort of sort of community, I mean, it it it's not a new thing. You know, if you look at actually successful villages out, you know, out in in rural areas, you know, those ones that are most desirable are ones that have you know, a pub, a cafe, a post office, a shop, you know, some green space, and so really people are looking to replicate that in in urban areas, and so we're seeing that the where demand is highest and schemes that are, are most popular are those ones that are able to offer public outside spaces, private outside spaces, you know, places within the building that people can can, can work that aren't just their their kitchen table. Um, as well as when you, you know, you leave the development that you're living in, there's, there's, there's somewhere across the road that you can go and get a coffee or a sandwich if you don't want to make it at home. And so, you know, I think that for, for us, that is, is the model that, that isn't going to change. And I think that we're certainly having to think more, you know, as, 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 as developers and people who, are, who are, are renting out properties about that sort of quality of, of local amenity and community.
1: Absolutely. And I know you talked then about Londoners as well, who have sort of seen, you know, Manchester and Birmingham and these other regional cities as really attractive options. Because firstly, as you mentioned, you know, compared to what they're used to, this will be much more affordable rent. They'll have they'll be very used to having little or no amenity in London. And you can see that with this home working trend as well for Londoners who might want to keep their job, keep their London wage, um, who might be, you know, hybrid working, as you said, you can see how it's also a very attractive option for them to now move to one of these cities and commute into London one or maybe two days a week. Um, and especially when HS2 completes, of course, that will be made a lot easier. And the likes of Manchester and Birmingham will become commuter hotspots overnight.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think that the you know, the hybrid working opens up a number of different options. You know, the, the fact that you don't have to be somewhere five days a week really changes I guess where people can live and where they want to live and um, so I think you know it it definitely is a factor I mean and also I think the other thing is is that we've seen a lot of companies relocating offices outside of outside of London so Actually, if you look at things like graduate retention rates for um, for, for Birmingham and Manchester universities, um, but, but but across our big six, is actually a lot more um, students are remaining in those cities after they graduate, and part of that is because the you know the quality of employers and the quality of jobs that are available have really improved. So it's sort of this combination of yes, you know they they can they can work as a commuter location, but also. Actually, in terms of a place to work now, um, there's far more options than there were sort of 10, 15 years ago.
1: Absolutely. I think this kind of north shoring trend that you talk about with, you know, major companies like Goldman Sachs and HSBC are now setting up headquarters in Birmingham instead of the capital. Um, You can obviously see there's a cost efficiency benefit for them as well, but also it feeds into this kind of levelling up agenda. Um, And that's, of course, the plan with HS2 as well to really connect London with these northern cities. Um, We've seen Manchester go from kind of Really, a bit of a neglected northern city in the 70s to now being known as the capital of the north. You know, Birmingham is the second city, um, especially with things like the Commonwealth Games, which I know kind of leave a lasting legacy on a city like Birmingham, indeed, with as it did with Manchester in 2002. Um, so let's talk a bit more about these cities then, starting with Manchester. So it's such an exciting place to be. Obviously, we're here now. I know you're based in Manchester. What is it that is attracting so many people at the moment, especially to want to live and work in Manchester?
0: I mean, I think firstly, there's a real buzz around the city that you notice. I mean, I've, I've lived in Manchester for you know, going on for 13 years now and the, the, the change that I've seen in the city over the past Thirteen years has been phenomenal, and if you look at you know some of the stats, if you look at the growth in the Manchester economy, you know that the size of the, the the Manchester economy has grown by more than a third in the last ten years. You know, so you've seen this real sort of acceleration of, of activity, which has brought with it new development, which you know then has been the catalyst for new restaurants, bars, um, and now we're starting to see things like you know the the Mayfield Park and sort of green spaces in the city. So I think that you know the the sort of evolution of manchester particularly as as sort of a, a residential um city has has been you know pretty phenomenal in the certainly over the last 10 but probably over the last 20 years so that i think the buzz around the city which brings in you know a younger population um but also i think increasingly there's people who there's better quality buildings within the city now Larger floor plates, so we're seeing a rising number of people who traditionally would have lived in the city in their twenties, and and left for the burbs in their in their thirties and forties, remaining in the city because that you know there, there is all that life, there is the you know the the, the culture within the city, and so that's really important um, for Birmingham. I think um the, you know the, the Commonwealth Games, which you've already uh, mentioned, was a sort of a real catalyst uh for the for the city last year, and we've certainly seen. Demand for any properties that we're we're putting on the market um, at JLL in, in in Birmingham have sold really well um, in 2022. The, the 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 rental market really strong, second only to to Manchester in terms of, of annual growth. Um, and obviously the promise of HS2. Um, Manchester's pretty, um, Manchester and Birmingham are pretty well connected already, but yeah. actually just shortening that commute, it, you know, it changes the I guess where where Birmingham sits on the on the on the sort of commuter time map um, so it, it pulls it much closer into London uh, which obviously attracts a lot of investment into the city uh, so I think you know that uh, has been really important for for both of those cities and something that we've seen actually across our big six is this you know desire to be you know for urban living um, and actually the you, know, you you want to attract these sort of you know, affluent young professionals into the city who are going to spend their money there. And that's what we've increasingly been seeing happening, certainly certainly sort of in the last three years, but I think it's been a trend for a lot longer than that.
1: Definitely, I know that um, 80 out of 100 of the FTSE top 100 companies have a presence in Manchester. Um, Also with the Central Retail Park, um, which is now going to be a government headquarters for the civil service. I think it's honestly every week that you see a new new project, whether it's sort of contributing to the job market or um, the leisure and entertainment market. I know Factory International is due to open soon. Um, Manchester Museum has just reopened and is attracting a lot of attention as well. Um, I think it really is an exciting place to live. And I think for a lot of people, um, you know, kind of more of a a preferable place to live than London in a lot of ways, Um, not to kind of bash the capital, because obviously it's incredible. It's an amazing city. But I do think we are seeing a move to kind of seeing people wanting and choosing to live in, in these other cities as well.
0: Yeah, I know completely. And I think that, you know, also for, I guess, people who are looking to invest, particularly from overseas, um, I think traditionally there's been more of a familiarity with London, um, and you know, I, I I work part of my week in London. I, it's a it's a fantastic city. I love it. Um, but actually, for uh, you know, a lot of those overseas investors, um, you know, London is a is a is a different sort of sort of investment in terms of if you're looking at things like yield, you get you get a higher yield um, outside of the capital. And and also, I think that the one of the big things we've seen is, you know, a lot of people who are investing in the UK do so because some of some kind of familiarity with with a particular particular town or particular location, and the um, the strength of the the universities in in most of our big six cities, um, in fact, pretty much all of them, they've all got sort of real world class universities which see strong demand from overseas. We see a lot of overseas students, and. The I think that familiarity of a lot of these investors from, from across the globe have children now who have attended Manchester or Birmingham universities, similar to what we see in London. And so actually seeing the the, the strong demand, often seeing the competition that their children face when they're trying to rent a... Uh, a a decent property in the city, um, really sort of reassures them, I think, that 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 demand is there for properties that they might be investing in. Um, Because obviously some of those investors will do so at arm's length, you know, never necessarily visiting the city before they make that investment. But I think that familiarity is something that's really important and something that we've certainly been seeing, you know, as those overseas students have returned, um, certainly in the last academic year, but also the previous one too.
1: Okay, so for investors considering their next investment – when inflation and then in turn interest rates do start to come down, what kind of impact can we expect to see on the sales and rental market?
0: Well, I think 2022 has seen significant increases in inflation. I mean, we we, we were looking at towards the end of the year of sort of north of 11%, uh, which considering the, the the Bank of England's target is 2%, uh, you can see why we've had sort of this relatively rapid increase um, in, in base rates. We are seeing inflation fall back, um, and our, our forecast suggests that we have seen the peak in terms of inflation. But I think it will have a longer sort of knock-on effect into, to, um, to interest rates, and particularly what people are paying for their mortgage. So we do think that um, over the course of the year, um, mortgages will be more expensive, uh, which will mean that sort of fewer fewer first-time buyers um, are, are able to get onto the ladder which will I think you know fuel increased rental demand going forward um we are expecting rates to drop back but most forecasters are expecting that we'll see rates settle back sort of somewhere around sort of three three and a half percent so we're not talking about a return to the sort of slightly abnormal pre-pandemic levels of you know, sort of 0.5% base rates. So, you know, I think we are going to contend with higher rates going forward. We do think that they'll sort of, they will settle, which will bring more first-time buyers back to the market. But I think the, the, the fundamental undersupply of rental stock um, is going to continue to support rents going forward. So, you know, our our outlook for rents um, for, for for both the UK and, and indeed all of our city markets is um, is pretty strong over the next five years with with rents probably likely to, to outperform uh, prices certainly in the sort of the next sort of one to three years
1: okay so again back to manchester and birmingham because they keep coming up but in the next five year growth forecasts what kind of growth are we expecting to see from these two cities
0: so we're looking at growth over so between sort of 2023 and 2027 uh, Growth of around sort of 19% um, for, for both cities in terms of sale prices and similar growth, sort of 19-20% um, for uh, for rents. So, you know, for for sales, we're expecting the the sort of the majority of that growth to come towards the back end of that five-year period. We do think that probably over the next sort of year to 18 months, uh with 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 higher interest rates um, and some you know difficulties with cost of living, uh, we are going to see. See sort of either small price falls or lower growth um, within, uh, within within most UK markets. Uh, cities a little bit better than some of the regional markets, but we are expecting that we will we'll see sort of slower slower growth, slower levels of activity in the next eighteen months before you know a return to um, to, to to some growth sort of from late twenty twenty four onwards. For lettings, um, we're, we're expecting sort of a supply and demand imbalance to continue to support rents. So we're expecting growth in, in all of those five years going forward, but probably with growth slightly loaded towards the front end.
1: Okay, so we've talked about the kind of lack of rental supply, particularly in these city centre markets, but what do our investors look like? Who are we seeing investing at the moment and in what kind of property?
0: I think there's probably a few different groups. So um, one sort of sector of the market that we've seen really grow across the UK, certainly over the last five years, but, but probably if you look over the last 10, is the sort of is the bill to rent market. So this is uh, where you get sort of large scale investors coming in Um and buying either a significant number of units or sometimes even full blocks or building full blocks uh, for rental investment. So we've seen a really significant increase um, across our our, our city markets um, in the last few years. If you look at investment, um, actually there was more um, money invested in 2022 in build-to-rent outside of London than there was in London, I think 51% outside of the capital um, in, in in 2022. And out of those, the three big markets were Birmingham, Manchester, and Liverpool, mm. uh, where we saw uh, around 900 million spent. so really significant investment um, in in rental stock. but even with that investment, that's not enough to satisfy demand. Um, so we're also seeing um, a, a return to sort of of the overseas investor um, across our city centre markets with with new homes being you know the, the, their preferred investment i think part of this is to do with you know a lot of the the security that they feel about investing in the uk uh there's also a bit of a currency play um the you know the 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 pound has been relatively weak against um the dollar in particular and dollar pegged currencies um so you know some investors are looking potentially at the uk and thinking you know, I get more for my money because of the currency play at the moment. So we are starting to see, um, you know, an, an increase in investment from overseas. We've seen some domestic investment too, um, people people investing um, from within the UK. But I think some of the uh, you know, implications of, of higher interest rates for UK investors have, have put off some of those those sort of new players coming into the market. But you know, generally, you know, we, we need more because the, you know there, there is this this lack of rental stock. But you know, we're we're seeing particularly on the built to rent and the overseas investor side some some really strong levels of demand.
1: Marcus, thank you so much. That's been such a valuable conversation and one that I'm sure overseas and domestic investors would have found really helpful. So thank you for joining me today.
0: Thanks so much for having me.
1: And to everyone watching and listening, thank you so much for tuning in. You can subscribe on your platform of choice. We're on Spotify, Google Podcasts and Apple Podcasts, or you can watch on our YouTube channel.